What is up, people? This is the Shark Attack, the season two premiere. What that means, I have no idea. But what I do know is I am yours truly, the one and only shark that is Sean Williams. And of course, please allow me to introduce himself. He's a man of wealth and taste. Our, well, this past weekend, the resident road warrior, Mr. J.P. Mayor. It was a long weekend. But it was so worth it. WrestleMania, hard to beat that. So before we get into the topics, well, actually, before we get to the good stuff, we got to get one toxic element out of the way, and that is the segment that we always deem, and it'll be a quick one, who writes this crap? Who's in charge over there? This is aggravating me now. What, I can't count on you people? Now, why is this one a quick one? It's plain and simple, people. Raw and SmackDown sucked. I really don't have any other way to describe it. You had two pointless inter- debuts of Lars Sullivan that nobody gave a damn about, a tag team title change that made absolutely no sense, and a match that WWE could not advertise but were too scared to back up. So for a post-WrestleMania week, this week sucked. And really, I just had to get that one out of the way because we have too much good stuff to talk about. So, that's, that is why I said, who writes this crap regarding SmackDown and Raw? So, before we get to, any, to anything else, JP, you were there, man. Give us your excellent adventure at, in WrestleMania weekend. Um, let's see. I was at MetLife Stadium that day for 14 hours. Oh, wow. There, well, this Facebook group I'm in um, organized a tailgate. So, we tailgated. They opened the door, they opened the gates at 3.30. The pre-show started at 5, so we got to our seats probably around 4. We get up there and we see the beautiful stage. I fucking loved it. Uh, Yep. Having a cold beverage there, sir? Yeah, don't worry. It's just Pepsi. I'm not drinking. I'm not drinking. Uh, Um, but there had to have been uh, close to 200 people at the tailgate. There was a wedding at the tailgate. There was a DJ at the tailgate. There was lots of beer at the tailgate. Lots of soda, juice, water, hot dogs, hamburgers. But the best part about watching the pay-per-view live is you don't hear the commentary. But... The bad part about not watching it on TV 
is you tend to miss things. Like, I miss, like, I didn't understand what happened at the end of the main event because it was so quick. So, literally, when we got home, I put me, I put WrestleMania on on the network just to see what happened. And I was like, ow, okay. Yeah, and you know, I'm going to say real quick that, you know, um, I had a whole layout of how I was going to do the show tonight with the topics, but you know what? Since we're basically going to be, going to be talking about everything that happened this past weekend with WrestleMania and TakeOver, throw the format out the window this week. It's, it's the premiere, so we're just going to be talking all about TakeOver and all about WrestleMania. Yeah, we winging it. Yep. Which, by the way, I'll give a couple shout-outs to Ring of Honor, which, by the way, nah, good job to them with the Madison Square Garden show. Yeah, I'm going to say this. I am I'm a Jersey boy. The amount of wrestling that was here, in, not only in New Jersey, but in New York, and not just... The G1 Supercard, not just Mania, not just TakeOver. Like, all these independent shows. Like, WrestleMania weekend is my favorite weekend of the year. As a wrestling fan, it is the holiest, uh, like I said, it's the holiest of times. Absolutely. And if I had the means, like... We were, me, my girlfriend, and my sister were going up the escalator um, to get to the first floor to work our way up to our seats. There was two people behind us. For one person, this was his 14th WrestleMania in a row. Yeah, like, so, somebody got money to burn. That's passion. Mm-hmm. He's, got, he's dedicated. Give him that. It's like, if I had the <laughs> I would go next year to Tampa. I think all of us, I think we can agree that if we had the means, we would go to every single WrestleMania every year. I, I don't know if I would do every year. Like, the rumor is for 2021, it's going to your neck of the woods. Oh, yeah, I read about that story. The new Rams sta- stadium will be up by then. Yes, because apparently the Rams Stadium is opening up next season. Yep, and from what I'm seeing, I'm looking forward to that, but it'll be an arm and a leg to get into that place. Yeah, but still, like, I maybe not the first season, but also not only that, the Rams are very good right now. Oh, yeah. So, like, tickets for them are going to be at a premium. Right. Like, if it was the Giants who suck, <laughs> for lack of better terms. Right. If it was them opening up that stadium, tickets might not be so much. True. But, um, I will, before we get back on topic, that I will confess, I have not seen a, a Rams game live since they've come back to L.A., just because... Anybody that knows the Coliseum, it's brutal 
to watch a game during the day over there. <sighs> I bet. There's no shade in that area whatsoever. It, it's basically a pressure cooker. And also, <laughs> that area, you that's an area that people usually don't go anywhere near unless they're dropping off a ransom. But back back to what I was going to say yeah, regarding... Yeah, back, to the, back to the more important things at hand. But We now return to our regularly scheduled program. Like, the seven title changes shocked the shit out of me. Yeah, but um, first I was going to say about Ring of Honor... Congratulations go around to both the Gorillas of Destiny and, of course, big surprise, Matt Taven. Yeah, when I heard that Taven won, like, I was keeping, I was keeping watch on the results while I was watching Hall of Fame. And, like, I saw Matt Taven won, I'm like, oh, shit. And then Okada went. Yeah, he took back the IWGP title from, uh, well, I don't know about took it back, but took it back to Japan from the Switchblade Jay White. Which, that was a shocker. I didn't expect that one. But between that, like I said, the Gorillas of Destiny and Matt Taven, Taven winning the belt before Marty Skrull. I really didn't see that coming. Yeah, that one definitely surprised me. It's going to be interesting to see um, how they run it with Taven. Like, I'm happy for the guy. Um, You get a pure heel at it. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. And, yeah, I'm not saying it... By no means am I saying it's a waste. And... I'm not saying that I didn't think that Taven could be a world champion. I just thought that at this time, I thought it was it was Marty Skrulls to win. And it still yeah. might be. The fans are behind the villain. They want to see him get the belt, and it'll, he'll have his time. Yeah, and Marty Skrull becomes only the second uh, Grand Slam champion in Ring of Honor. True. But switching back, switching to, uh, let's switch over to uh, the Barclays Center and uh, take over New York. Yeah, I think we're both salivating over talking about this one. I mean, the only one that we thought that, I think if anything, we thought, even though the match was fantastic, but we knew what the outcome was going to be, was the tag title match. But the show of respect by Hanson and Rowe to... Alistair Black and Ricochet was was just awesome. Oh, absolutely. Like, the fact that that happened, like, I was, I was like, yay. Yeah. Now, you know, I'm not going to brag too much about, like, I'm not going to brag or anything or give a score rundown of our picks because, frankly, I lost count of I lost count with WrestleMania, so... Yeah, I don't even remember who all I picked, so... Yeah, but, um... We saw Velveteen Dream retain the North American title over 
Matt Riddle, which fantastic match, and I gotta give I gotta give credit to both guys, but especially to Matt Riddle. He took it to another level. Absolutely. And Velveteen Dream is quickly becoming one of these guys who he can work a match with anybody. Like literally anyone and make it an entertaining match. Yeah, and from the looks of it, um, reading over the current results going on, it looks like there's somebody... Looks like he has his next challenger. I'll just put it to you like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did read it. Um, although, I'm still kind of irritated we haven't gotten a rematch between him and... Uh, and somebody else, and that, and I'm talking about Dominic Dijakovic and Keith Lee. I'm still pissed we haven't gotten a rematch with those two. Keith Lee's hurt. Oh, is he? Oh, that explains it. But, um, next match, and I don't think this match is being talked about near enough, and that's why I'm going to make this one the next one we talk about, and that is we have a new United Kingdom champion, and that is Walter, who ended the title reign the 600-plus day title reign of the Bruiserweight Pete Dunne. JP, what'd you make of this match? Holy shit. Took the words right out of my mouth. There were so many stiff shots in that one, I was just like, Jesus. And the ability on Walter and how, how agile for a guy of his size and his bulk that he is, is something spectacular. Yeah. And you want to talk about a guy who can work a match with anybody and make it fantastic? That is definitely Pete Dunne. Yeah, Walter towered over him. He definitely was heavier than him. But Pete Dunne made it work. I mean, hit... I mean, there's a reason why he held that belt for so long, and that and it is because he's just that good. And I'm anxious to see what's next for the Bruiserweight and for Walter. But I think if there was one match I would say is kind of the unsung hero and probably doesn't give near enough praise that it should have, it's definitely that match. In my opinion, my least favorite match on TakeOver was the women's match, and not by a lot. It, Yeah, and you know, it's not even because it was a bad match, far from it. It's just, if you had to pick one that had to be um, the lesser of the rest of the card, it'd probably be that one, and I think one of the reasons why I put, put it like that is because, one, none of us saw it coming that Shayna Baszler was going to retain. But also is the fact that you had Bianca Belair on back-to-back takeovers, first gets choked out by by Shayna Baszler, now she tapped out to Shayna Baszler. I don't think that spells too good of things for Bianca Belair. Well, initially, I thought she was going to be a, um, a call-up, but, like, 
what's going to happen is all any NXT people are going to come up next week with the shakeup. That seems to be now the what they they want to do. Plus, obviously, on Raw and SmackDown, there weren't any call-ups. Yeah, but if Shayna Baszler is still a champion, I don't see her coming up anytime soon. I don't see her coming up. However, I was initially going to say Bianca Belair, but now, after what Paige said on Tuesday, I think it might be the Sky Pirates. It's possible. But, um... The next match, and to me, I'm practically salivating over the idea of talking about this match. And to anyone who is complaining about this match or saying too many finishers, why did Gargano end up not taking down all of Undisputed and then making Adam Cole tap back-to-back falls? Good observation. Here's another one. Shut up! Because that match was fucking fantastic. As much, Here's, uh, sorry, I was just gonna say every as the expectations I had of both guys with this one exceeded them by about ten thousand miles. They took it to every single level imaginable, and it was just a testament to how good Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano are. Now, to me, this is also the beginning of the end of the Undisputed Era, it looks like. It does seem like that, because we are seeing some dissension in the ranks with them. Or at at least it looks like Roderick Strong is going to be the first one to get the boot from the group. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens, because it looks like... Adam Cole is not going to be in the title picture. And it looks like Mr. Gargano might have another challenger ahead of him. Hmm. But, JP, um, we can talk about like the future for that belt, but honestly, man, how epic was that match? A fucking amazing. I would say of all the takeovers we've watched... This may be the best one that they've done to date, and that main event for the new champion was a masterpiece. Yeah, and for me, the end with Gargano and Ciampa hugging. You know, it may not have been the closure to that story that we were hoping for, but it was still... It was still memorable. Absolutely. But to to see at at the end of the show, the top of the stage, you're seeing Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, and Johnny's wife, Candice LeRae, celebrating, and just seeing how how they've come full circle with this. Yeah. And I think for, on a personal level, for Tommaso Ciampa, if there's anybody that that he would see standing tall with that belt at the end of the night. I don't think he could be he couldn't be any prouder to see his best friend and almost blood brother Johnny Gargano sport holding up that belt. Absolutely. Now, quick question for you. Um I know you are a California boy. 
Where, how far are you from San Jose? Uh, that's a good, like, five hours from me. Never mind it. <laughs> yeah, but, um... Because the next yeah. takeover is actually going to be um, coinciding with the June WWE pay-per-view. Do we um, even know... At, which is in San Jose. Do we even know what that pay-per-view is going to be? Because it's usually Money in the Bank, but they bumped it up ahead to May. Um, it's not Extreme Rules. Was that coming to Philly? Um, let's find out. Um, okay, so, Money money in the Bank is Okay. Um. I don't have one right now. I don't have. I don't know. I'm stumped. Yeah, I think everybody was caught off guard. The because usually money in the banks in June. Now all of a sudden it's bumped ahead of a month. I don't think anybody knows what's going on. Yeah, because right now. I'm... Yeah, it doesn't even have it in like. All it has is Extreme Rules being July 14th. It doesn't have a name for the June pay-per-view yet. Probably coming up with a new concept. But, um, you know, my good friend Brian Waters, he brought up this point on Break It Down, um, which is as great as that match was with Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano, we we all know that was never the original plan. But the question I got, or that was brought up on it, and I'm bringing forward in the question to you, would we have gotten, could we have gotten a mat, match as good as this with Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano? If, But what I mean is, do you think we would have gotten something as good with the original plan as we did with this one? Uh, yeah, see, it's, gonna, a, it's a hard one because... I'm, I'm going to say no... Only because if you go if you go back to all the matches, Ciampa versus Gargano, they were all amazing. They basically had nothing left to prove. Yeah, and again, while I say no, this is by no means my putting down Tommaso Ciampa. Not by a, not by any stretch. It just goes. It's just because we had something new, and again, this match just was a true testament to the ability of both guys. And make no mistake about it, if he's not called up, and I don't think he's going to be called up, Adam Cole will hold that belt before this year is over. I'll even say by the end of the summer of this year. I say Adam Cole's up before then. I don't know, because there's been speculation Vince hasn't moved up undisputed or Adam Cole because he just doesn't see them as his kind of guys. In other words, Vince is a goddamn moron. Well, that's the understatement. But, um... But switching over to WrestleMania, which... Oh, God. Can't believe... We're not going to go over every match, people, so... Yeah, no. Because, let's face it, JP and I, we all got to go home sometime. Yeah, 
I got work tomorrow. As so. do I. I got that, and I got a date tomorrow, so I need I need some shred of beauty rust. Anyway, for I'll I'll put the cucumbers over your eyes. Yeah, I try that. It doesn't work. I end up eating them. Oh, okay. But anyway, um, first off, first and foremost, big congratulations got to go out to Tony Nice and to Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder, especially for Hawkins because the losing streak is now over, and for the first time in 10 years, he's holding the tag team titles with, with Zack Ryder. And to WrestleZone, stop calling them the Major Brothers. They haven't called themselves that in years. Yeah, some idiot actually wrote that in a headline, the Major Brothers. It's like, they haven't called themselves that damn thing since ECW. Well, WWE. W- yeah, I was going to, cr- sorry, I correct myself on that one. But, I got to tell you, Tony Nese versus Buddy Murphy, that was a hell of a way to start things off with the pre-show. Because everything we thought that those two would do in that match, they delivered. Oh, God, yes. And it's like I said, 205 Live is doing things right in making new stars with that division. And we saw another one created when they had Tony Nese win the belt. Now, for me, I've been watching Tony Nese wrestle live since 2012. He wrestled in TNA, and I knew he was something special. And... Granted, the whole crowd was not there inside the arena to see it, but he got a decent pop. True. But uh, but he definitely we definitely saw a new star created for 205 Live with Tony winning the belt. Oh, God, yes. And it's one of the few belts that WWE has, of the various belts that they have, that has credibility for being a championship. Would you agree on that one? Yes. Now, the I gotta say, the women's battle royal, I was stunned by that. I was confused. I was confused because I thought, did Sonya really get eliminated? I, I could have sworn, I didn't see her go over the top, but... She did. It was just so quick, you missed it. Yeah, it's like, Sarah, like... Sarah Logan eliminates Asuka. I'm like, oh shit, Sarah Logan. And then Carmella, like, hi. Which crowd seemed to love that one. They they seemed to love the hometown, well, for the most part, hometown girl pulling that one off. Yeah. Yeah, The princess of Staten Island pulling off the win. But, um, let's see, what... Trying to remember. Okay, well, enough with about the pre-show. Well, the the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Braun Strowman wins. Big whoop. Who cares? It's like, yeah, you think of what I'm thinking? You are if you're thinking, who gives a rat's ass? But I honestly could not have been happier for this one. From Kingslayer to Beast Slayer, Seth freaking Rollins brought the Universal title back home where it belongs. I I almost threw my voice out when he hit 
one, not one, but two curb stomps at that time. And then he was going for the third, and when he finally hit it, I was like, pat him! Pat him! <laughs> and then you showed me the video of that place went ballistic. Oh, God. And that was not the first time we got ballistic. Yep. So, all I can say for Brock, for Brock Lesnar is two things. One, ding dong, the beast is dead. And two, na 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 Hey, 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 goodbye, you worthless ass clown. Oh, God. Brock without a championship. It is so beautiful. Yes. And it was even more beautiful seeing Seth Rollins show up on, it was one of the few highlights, seeing him come out on Raw with that belt. And I'm going in no particular order for the most part, people, but with how long that show was, it's a miracle anybody kept track. Tell me about it. Usos retained the tag titles, but truthfully, I still wished it would have gone to Aleister Black and Ricochet. It was a good match. It was cool to see the Usos get their moment, but, yeah, I still would have rather the other thing happen, but how epic, I mean, you could just see on Ricochet's face, how how epic was that for both him and for Alistair, to, that full entrances and being at the big stage of them all? Like, he, you could see... He was taking a second and soaking everything in. And even though, well, uh, of course, maintaining character, but you had to think for Aleister Black, just the same thing that he was thinking. Oh, yeah. I mean, you work your whole life, and then you're on the biggest stage of all time. I mean, you just words probably can't even describe it for, for those two. No. I will say this. All I can say about Raven Stereo and Samoa Joe, you blinked and it was over. I truthfully, I don't know why they had. They could have just taken that match off or given Samoa Joe somebody else. Because that would have been not fair to Joe. Because that would have been his third straight mania that he missed. Agreed. And I'll say this about Triple H versus Batista. There was a reason why I didn't want to see this match to begin with. And then Triple H with his promos he and his ability to sell gets you to want to see the match. But then when you see it, you're just like, why did they even have this match? And You see, I thought it was a good match. It was a good match, but it was too damn long. That it was. You, t- you shaved ten minutes off of that match and you would have been fine. Because let's not forget, yeah, it was a no-holds-barred street fight. No real technical wrestling going on. But you have two guys that are up there in age trying to put on a 20-minute match. It gets to the point where it's almost painful to watch. Now, Although not as painful as watching Triple H or watching a grown man get whipped with a chain, I couldn't help but wince at that part. Maybe it was a fake one, maybe it wasn't, but still, the fact that... It, you're seeing a guy getting whipped with a chain, and you're just like, God. Yeah, that looked painful. Yeah. Um, 
Of course, the I'll say this real quick about the Hall of Fame. First off, to again, to anybody who was saying that, oh, it shouldn't have been Tori Wilson, she doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, shut the fuck up. I, I mean, I liked, I liked Brutus's speech. I like, of course, DX was just awesome. Yes. I mean, they did what they do best. But um, I'll say, uh, crap. Okay. Um, of course, uh, AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. Good match, but I already. I already had a peg that AJ was going to win that one, which he did. And I got to give credit to The Miz. That's probably the biggest bump I've seen him take. And talking about the one he did in the uh, Falls Count Anywhere match with Shane. Of course, my only criticism I have with it is how long can this psycho Shane thing go for? Hopefully, not much. One more match and then be done with it because I'm already getting sick of this. I'm say I'm the best in the world crap. But let's talk about the one match that let's face it, this is probably the match that drained everybody just because they got of how much how much people were invested in it and just how how the energy just exploded in that place and that is we have a new WWE champion and his name is Kofi freaking Kingston yes man the whole I mean and of course it was great that they brought out the actual belt so he's not holding up that little crackerjack toy of Daniel Bryan's <laughs> but just seeing how much how emotional people were getting over it and just the excitement over it my entire section, as well as the entire the entire arena, just lost it. Yeah, oh, I would imagine so. But you know, of the big surprises that that happened with WrestleMania, I suspected an appearance by John Cena. I didn't think he was going old school Cena. Loved it. Yeah, it, are you kidding me? That was the John Cena I loved. And, I mean, the, and he still knows how to cut those cut those raps. And you didn't have nobody booing Cena for that one. Hell, if it's the Doctor of Thugonomics, nobody's booing nothing with that with him. Oh. And oh, one one match that also happened, of course, was Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. And I hate how people were saying, "Oh, great, Drew's gotten buried." No, he didn't. A loss does not mean you're buried. Yeah, and it was his first singles. It was Roman's first singles match since he came back. You really think he was going to lose that one? I don't think so. And and the crowd the crowd wasn't hating on Roman either. Yes, they were. Well, not as badly as normal. I've heard it worse than that. 
but I've heard it a lot worse than that. I mean, let's not forget the last, I mean, previous two WrestleManias, especially the one with him versus Brock, they just boo. He was getting no cheers whatsoever. I'd criticize, I'd criticize it, but hey, Jersey, New York crowd, what can you do? Yep. But of course, and that's the, the one that also people have moaned and groaned about, the man did it. Becky Lynch not only won both belts, she ended Ronda Rousey's unbeaten streak in WWE, scoring a pinfall on her. Now, everyone's saying it was a botched finish. The only thing that was botched was the ref didn't was supposed to wait until both shoulders were down before he before he counted. That was the screw up. So to anybody that's saying Oh, that wasn't the original finish. The finish was going to be Charlotte was supposed to make Becky Lynch tap. Shut up. I mean, Charlotte making Becky tap in the main event? Does that sound stupid to anybody else? What sense in the world would that make? But, you know, I mean, it was a hell of a thing the next day on ESPN seeing both Becky Lynch and Kofi Kingston on their sport and their belts. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it ju- you just couldn't beat a moment like that. And, oh, yeah, one other match I was trying to remember everything that happened on that damn card, at least the ones that are worth mentioning. Gotta ask you, JP. How cool was it seeing the Demon Entrance live? Um, it was my second time seeing the Demon Entrance live, and this one was just as good as the first one. It, it was everything that I had hoped for with WrestleMania, with a WrestleMania entrance for Finn Balor. Yes. And yes, he beat Bobby Lashley, which we all suspected since he was going Demon, but I gotta say this. What the hell was with Bobby Lashley and his damn eyes? What were the, with those freaky contacts? I don't know. I'm just like, what? He's like, are Lashley's eyes all white? What the hell kind of crap is this? But, but um, definitely after the Kofi match with Daniel Bryan, it seemed it seemed like everybody was just wiped after that one. And, well, Triple H versus Batista didn't help matters much. In fact, if anything, I think it put some people to sleep. And by the time the, by the, time the, mania, the main event got around, the people just had no life left in them. So definitely, WWE needs to do something to fix this problem. Because you can't have, like, I mean, because JP, you mentioned including the tailgate and everything. That was almost 12 hours. 14 hours. Jesus, Lou. No, WWE can't keep doing that. You figure they would have learned something after the Royal Rumble. And this made the, and this made the Royal Rumble this year look like a split second. But, um, overall, JP, where does this WrestleMania rank for you? Top 
three. Understandable, I mean, since you were there, but hands down, it's definitely the best one we've seen the last couple of years. Yeah, then, it's like I said on, on Sunday, call me biased because I was there, but, and I said top five that day, I'm moving it up to top three, and now this is my personal favorites. I'm not saying that it's the best or not, but... To me, 17 was my favorite, followed by 32. That's definitely understandable on that one. But, um, yeah, I mean, definitely was not disappointed by this one. Definitely some trimming of, a lot more trimming on this one could have been done. Yeah. I don't want to have to... I don't want to have next year's WrestleMania end up taking 24 hours. Well, if they want to do that, split it, split it into two days. Yeah, that's that's a fairly good point. But you know, it kind of begs the question: You think that Raw and SmackDown being as bad as they were this week? It's probably everybody was just gassed from this past weekend. Yeah. I think it would have been better off just giving them a week off, and since next week is the superstar shakeup, just let that be the, just let that happen. But um, yeah, kind of surprised we didn't see Daniel Bryan anywhere near the show this this week. After losing, I mean, I'm not, I don't expect him to be off TV for much long for too long, but. Makes you wonder, so what's next for them? Yeah. Then again, they might just, who knows, they might send him to Raw with the shakeup. You never know. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be interesting to see, see what happens. Now, uh, given there's so many different, different variables here with this, but... If you had to pick a few moves you would like to see happen with this shakeup, what would you, what would you say? Um, I'd like to see Carmella go to Raw. Yeah, I think Carmella's done about all she can on on SmackDown. Um, I'd like to see Drew McIntyre go to SmackDown because he looked good. Yeah, I just feel like he's. Uh, not lost in the shuffle on Raw, but kind of poking around that area. So I think, yeah, I would send him to SmackDown also. Now, um, who would you have? Who would you have? Um, who else would you have from? Actually, who would you have from NXT go up to either roster? Given, I would have the Sky Pirates well, go to SmackDown. Aside from the Sky Pirates, because you already kind of you already mentioned that one earlier. I'm gonna go Bianca Belair. No, wait. Nah, I'm gonna take Bianca out because she did just wrestle tonight at the tapings. Mm-hmm. Um. I would put Adam Cole. No Undisputed Era. Yeah, let's face it. I mean, even if the Undisputed Era break up, Adam Cole will make it on his own. 
he's more than capable of making it on his own. But, um... <clears throat> yeah, I just don't know if I'm ready to see Adam Cole move up to the main roster just yet. But that's just me. I think it's because I'm just so skeptic on them fucking up with him. But, um... Let's see. Uh, well, I definitely agree with you earlier about the Sky Pirates. Um, if the War Raiders weren't still the tag champs, I would say move them up. Yes. Um, okay, here's an interesting one. Is there anybody you'd send back to NXT? Yeah, if he doesn't get pink slipped, but, um. Although we did have, um. <coughs> I think we did. I think it read somewhere. I think we did see Buddy Murphy actually compete again on NXT. Or at least on a taping. Yes. Against Velveteen Dream. Correct. Which, you know what? Buddy Murphy's found a way to reinvent himself by wrestling in singles, so he could wrestle anywhere on him good. Um, I'll tell you, one team I'm... You know, I feel like the whole thing with the bar, like what they did on Raw and the whole thing with SmackDown this week, they're running out of ways to keep them relevant. Mm. I'm just bored with... And as much as I love Cesaro, and Sheamus, for better or worse, he is a good wrestler, I'm over them. I'm over that team. But, uh... Do you keep Andrade where he is, or do you move him? I say he gets moved. Yeah, I just feel like he's not really getting it done on, like, he's lost in the mix on SmackDown. But, uh... Yeah. <clears throat> but, of course, with Money in the Bank next month, not even though we got a ways before we can make predictions with it, if there's anybody you could see scoring the briefcase for the men and women, who would you probably say? The men, KO. Interesting pick. The women, um, I'd say Ember Moon. Yeah, which, by the way, I was happy to see her return at the Battle Royal. Because I, yes. I didn't think she would be ready. But, um, you know, for the men, um, I'm with you on the women. I'm, I'll say Ember Moon also, but for the men, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say Drew McIntyre. He doesn't need it, but I definitely, he could definitely benefit from it. Yeah. Oh, and one other thing from WrestleMania I got to give credit to is, of course, 
we have new women's tag champions in the Iconics, which nobody saw that coming. Nope. So give give all the credit in the world for to Billy Kay and Peyton Royce for that one. And they earned it. And they had a it was a hell of a WrestleMania moment for them. Absolutely was. Side note, so parent, well, I don't know what the heck's going on with Sasha Banks, but been reading a lot of reports with her lately. I'm just hoping everything is square with her. Saying you never like to see somebody leave due to due to like an anxiety attack or whatever it was with her. Right. Yeah, so I don't wish that on anybody and hope she pulls out of this. Because if there's one thing we all that we all know is that we all love the boss. Yeah. But um, if there was one thing you would want to change from WrestleMania, if anything, what would what would you probably have done, other than other than the things that we've already pointed out? Trim the show. Well, like I said, other than what we've already pointed out. Personally, if I could think of, if I could change one thing, I would have had the Miz get the win. True. Didn't we both pick the Miz to we win? We did. We did. But I thought. Yeah, so that was the only one I was kind of perplexed by. And I thought the way that he, Shane won was, while it was a typical heel thing, to me, it was stupid. I mean, so it. And again, I just want this whole psycho Shane thing to be over. Yes. Oh, yeah, and there is one other thing that I would change. I would say to Sam Roberts, thank you, get the hell out. I'm so sick of them. WWE taking some some D-level podcaster that they took pity on and putting him on the pre-show for the pay-per-views. Yeah, yeah, it's not fair. Yeah, they, it's not fair that they give it to a Pee Wee Herman doll with an Arnold Horshack haircut. Yes, I did a Welcome Back Cotter reference, sue me. <laughs> Even I couldn't help but say it to quote Chevy Chase. Here's a buck, get yourself a tie, you look like a Pee Wee Herman doll. And just listening to some of his crap, it's bad enough, like I said, that it looks like Pee Wee Herman with an Arnold Horshack haircut, but he also is a Bobby the Brain Heenan wannabe. And guess what, Roberts? You'll never be Bobby Heenan, and you'll damn sure never be Jesse Ventura. You know why? They could actually talk. Yeah, that they can. Sorry, I just really can't stand that little twerp. I don't care how many pre-shows they put him on, I could still kick his ass. <laughs> but anyway, um... Wow, we actually breezed through that pretty... <laughs> better than I thought we would. 
But with that being said, of course, next week will be the Superstar Shakeup, so JP and I will have, have our thoughts on that one. And I know I kind of got lost, lost track and haven't gotten around to Variety Bites, so those of you that heard the last show, you know what I'm going to be talking about. Plus, I got a little added bonus, the, which maybe it's a blessing in disguise that I kind of was late with the party on that one, but I'll also be talking about Magic Johnson calling it quits. And I'll give my my thoughts on that one. And what what I can say at the moment, I'm not particularly happy. Not about him quitting. I'm not, I'm not happy about how he did it. I mean, in any job, how the hell do you do? That's basically the equivalent of walking up to your boss, giving him the finger, and saying I'm out. Yeah, basically. I mean, he even confessed that he didn't. That he didn't have, he couldn't face Genie Bus face to face to tell her this. I just don't understand why he did it, though. Well, basically, he wasn't, he wasn't it, he wasn't committed to it. He wasn't committed to doing all the duties that were required of him. But I'll talk about that more on Variety Bites. So in the meantime, JP, plug away. Um, follow me on. Twitter and the Instagram at JPMayor80, um, where you'll find some my pictures from this past weekend, whether it be Access, WrestleCon, or WrestleMania. And how, how's it come? Oh, I just remembered. How'd the uh, how'd meeting Daphne and uh, the Queen of Extreme go? You're killing me, Smalls. Yeah, I know. I couldn't find them. Yeah, oh, geez, that's another that's another soundbite I gotta get on the show sometime. Yeah. You know, I'll be pelting you with that one for <laughs> till the end of time. But uh, probably. But what? Anything new? Anything to report for uh indie indie point of view? Soon. Talked to a couple people at WrestleCon, so. Hopefully I can get the ball rolling. All right. All right. Follow me on Twitter at SeanimusPrime81. The Instagram handle for this show is at Sean's underscore podcast. Yes, I finally lowered the damn, shortened the damn thing. Facebook group is The Shark Attack. And, of course, um, the other Facebook group for the other podcast is Variety Bites. And for those of you that like what you hear... Feel free to feel free to donate what you can. JP's still warming up the vocals at some point. Yes. I, I haven't even decided what the what the mark is going to be where he belts out soprano. A dollar. Well, we're already past that point. Oh, we are. I was I wasn't sure if I should go for like when we hit ten dollars or anything like that. We're already at well over five bucks. Ten, I'll start okay. Yeah, by that time it'll it'll give you enough time to pick something out. Yes, pick pick one off the top. Yeah, I'll go something simple. Sweet Caroline. Nah, I just said that. I, I just said that to torture you. No, I can't do that. Yeah, you're. 
Yeah, okay. The, no, yeah, leave, leave that to Neil Diamond. Yes. All right, so that being said, this has been... Thank you guys for listening. This has been The Shark Attack. He's J.P. Mayer. I'm Sean Williams. And people, we're out of here. J.P., say goodnight, J.P. Goodnight, J.P. He was born perfect. And just like the great white shark, this guy has never had to evolve.